Also he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life will lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. My, is that not true? Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. We are being in a series and we come to the last message on I have decided to follow Jesus. And uh, tonight we want to look, what will it cost me? What will it cost me to follow Jesus? Let's go to the throne of grace one more time. And I appreciate you being here. Brother Bill, how about you praying? series we're talking on, I have decided. We looked at, first of all, as uh, the Lord said, the next step. And of course, the next step is always based on information, fact, follow on fact, not on feeling, and how the disciples, he was teaching them that to trust them. Then we, we looked and said, where is he leading? Of course, He's leading to a place of faith and not fear. Led him into a place where we would be sheep in the midst of wolves. And yet, we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Then we looked last week, what should we wear? Talking about the attitude on the inside would be displayed on the outside. Well, now we've come to the final message of this thought. And it always comes down to this. Have you ever had a salesman to go through all the pitch? I mean, telling you everything that the product will do. I mean, just going into to the great, you're standing there and, and wondering to yourself, uh, really, just shut up. What's it cost? Ultimately, we always get down to what will it cost me? I love it. And you stand, well, listen, just cut the sales pitch because I need to know what's it going to cost me. And I'm convinced 
that, uh, praise God, let me just say this, salvation is free. I praise God for the fact that salvation is free. It ain't cost you anything, it cost Him everything. And I'm glad tonight I'm going to heaven, I'm glad I'm saved, I'm glad I'm washed in the blood, I'm glad all of those things, but the reality is salvation did not cost me, it costed the blessed Lamb of God, His life's blood. But understand, if you decide to be a follower, there is a price tag to that. Can I just say this? And I, I do appreciate it. And I, I, I'm so thankful you're here because that tells me that there's a hope that the people here tonight would be willing to pay that price. I'm going to be honest with you. You might as well understand. A lot of folks may be saved. That's between them and God. I'm not sure they are. Um, I kind of worry about folks that say they have a salvation. They can't get them to more than one service a week. So I worry about that. It concerns me. I'm not the judge. I'm just, just being honest does concern me. But the reality is, a lot of folks are just not willing to pay the cost. And I have to understand as a pastor, and I want you to understand, as a member, you may be willing to pay that cost, but you're probably not going to find a whole lot of people around you that are willing to pay the cost of being a true follower of Christ. Because uh, there is a price to pay for that. The time had come. He's been leading these men. He'll take those 12 men and turn the world upside down. And one of them's the devil. And he's leading them and he's, and he's explaining to them what it, what, the, what it means to be a true follower. And he says this, if a cross is going to be prepared for me, understand there's going to be a cross prepared for you. Boy, that really blows out of the water, this prosperity gospel that says, name it and claim it. Uh, if the world offered him the Lord of glory, uh, a cattle shed to be born in and a cross to die on, why should we expect something different from the world we live in? Why, why should we expect them to be different? The reality, Satan goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. As a matter of fact, this world hated Christ. It hates Christ tonight. It shouldn't seem strange that they're battling and hating Christians today. That shouldn't alarm us. Uh, this group that had followed Jesus up to this time, they've enjoyed the miracles. Man, they like the miracles. They've enjoyed the messages. They've even enjoyed the meals Jesus has provided. 
But now, now, Jesus says there's a price to pay for to be a follower. And at that moment, that moment, you'll learn something monumental about yourself. And that is, if you're a true follower or you're just a spectator on the way to heaven, are you a true follower or just a spectator? Now, the Lord note in the chapter, before the Lord talked about the cost of following Him, He had to settle an issue. Now, and the reason I believe that it's such an issue for us today is it was an issue then. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Who am I to you? Do you know who I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. Now I believe that's probably a big issue. We have a lot of people that are saved and they may very well be saved and born again, but they do not know who Christ is. They do not know who He is. Many believe He's nothing more than a heavenly bellhop. Most people don't, don't, don't think of Him much more than they would to spare time. When I got a flat, when I got a problem, when I got an issue, when I got a catastrophe, when I got a situation, I'm going to drag him out of the trunk, put him on. I need you. I'm going to pray. Boy, God, I need you. But just as soon as he answers, we take him off and throw him back in the trunk because they truly don't know who he is. So tonight, as we look at this last message, we look at the, what will it cost me? Number one, notice with me, check your motives. Check your motives. Now, let me stop here and just know something. You and I, you and I do not have the ability to judge other people's motives. Does some think they do. There's people that think they can read other people's motives. But that's a lie. Because the motive comes from the heart and you cannot read that. But God can. And the Bible says in verse 31, He began to teach him that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and other chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Now, he's talking to them. He began to teach them. He said, I tell you, boys. He said, the Son of Man's going to suffer many, many things. Not only that, he's going to be rejected of the elders. Not only that, the religious crowd's going to going to uh, uh, reject him. And then they're going to kill him. They're actually going to kill him. And then when they get me killed, three days later, I'll rise up. And Peter, being his usual self, he said, 
Oh, no, 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 no. Man, this, this ain't happening. And he spake unto them openly. So, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Now, here's Peter. He goes over. He literally grabs him by the arm. He's, Jesus is, is teaching them. He grabbed him by the arm. He said, come on here with me. My God, what are you doing? You just told them that if we follow you, that we're going to be rejected. We're going to be hated. They're going to kill you. That means you're going to kill us. And I'm, you're going to write, Jesus, that, that ain't, that, that's not the thing to do. He began to rebuke him. You know why? Because Peter's motives were not exactly right. And when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, but don't miss this, they was agreeing with Peter. So he looks at all of them and says this, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou sayest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. He literally said, Boys, you're thinking like the devil. You're, 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 you're thinking the way he does. And you're saving what's in this world, not in what I'm going to do. See, they begin to, to question his motives. Have you ever questioned God's motives? Why he lets something come into your life? Hmm. Well, I'm serving you, Lord. I'm faithful to you, Lord. I'm, I'm doing all that I know that is right, Lord. And this sickness still come. This circumstance still came. This circumstance I'm in my life, still, I still lost my job. I, I, I still got sick. I, this still happened. And all of a sudden, if you're not careful, well, you got to learn to check your motives. The announcement stunned the disciples. You see, they really felt that Jesus following him, he was going to set up a kingdom and they was going to rule and reign with him. They didn't understand the path that he would go and one day they will rule and reign with him. But for right now, it's a path while he's on earth of suffering and a cross because before there's ever a crown, there had to be a cross. And so they literally just turned the world upside down. One minute Peter was a rock, and the next minute he's a stumbling block. Dr. G. Campbell Morgan said, a man who loves Jesus but who shuns God's methods is a stumbling block to him. See, they, they, they rebuked him. Their, their motives came to play. Their motive was one thing, and God's motives was another. 
Because I, me and, me and uh, Miss Francis was talking before church. Before church. And uh, I, I guess one of the hardest, one of the hardest things there, there is in following Christ is we think we know how He ought to do things. We think we know how that when we have an issue or circumstance, how he ought to deal. You know, we're, we're, so, we're so spiritual. I mean, gold dust on my shoulders from my wings, I'm so holy. My halo, we're so holy. We think, we literally think, we, we're so godly and spiritual that we know how God ought to deal with somebody else. You wouldn't dare say it. But you thought God ordered why the breaches off of some people. And then he blesses them. And you can't wrap your mind around that. You, you, your idea was he just ought to wire them out. We, we, even, we, we can even get to, well, this is sick. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is sick. We can even get to the place we'll look for God to judge someone. And if they get sick, they get this happening. Well, I tell you, bless God, I know God just show up there. Somebody gets cancer. Boy, I wonder what God's going to do there. Lord, have mercy. What we ought to do is fall on our face and say, God, I probably deserve that. Thank you for not giving it to me. I probably, we, 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 you cannot, when we start judging motives, and, and so when you're following, oh, Peter here, his, his motive is one thing. I don't know what he was thinking, but I'll tell you this much, I know this. God's plan wasn't Peter's plan. And he was bold enough to rebuke the very Savior. And the Savior said, Peter, you're listening to the wrong one. And your thinking is satanic. Second, second, consider what it means to follow. Jesus summoned the people now. He's talking to disciples, but now he summons the people. They're not very far away. And listen to what he said. And when, Jesus, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me. Now, y'all to mark and underline, highlight whosoever. That means that every person here, whosoever, Ever. That means every one of us has opportunity to get in on following Jesus. No one is exempt. He said, whosoever will come after me. As I was preparing this, and this series of following, I have decided. I didn't, as I got into it, I began to read, well, this is, well, this thing of following Jesus wasn't for kindergarten Christians. He wasn't for first grade Christians. 
I begin to realize very, very quickly, man, this thing is challenging. Boy, it's a, boy, a sheep in the midst of wolves, and you got to be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. Man, that's serious business. But I prepared this message. I, I believe this is probably, probably the most challenging of them all. Because listen what he said. Let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. He knew the motives of the crowd that followed him. He knew most of them wanted a a miracle or a meal. They wanted a fish plate with french fries and hush puppies. That's what he wanted. But he comes now and he said, listen, anyone, whosoever will, come after me. He said, whosoever, it makes no difference. Let him deny himself. Now, denying self is not the same as self-denial. We practice self-denial when we sit down at the table and you're on a diet. Somebody brings a peach cobbler in and you say, I'll not have any. But put me some in a bowl. I'll eat later. Amen. That's self-denial. Self-denial is when we, we literally, we literally for a good purpose occasionally, occasionally give up a thing or an activity. That's self-denial. We can do that readily. But we deny self when we surrender ourselves to Christ and determine to obey Him. Jason, go give me an offering plate, please. Go give me an offering plate. Thank you. Jesus said, there's three conditions of true followers. One, we must surrender ourselves completely to Him. Number two, we must, number B, we must identify with Him in suffering and in death. Number three, we must follow. Number C, we must follow obedience. Let me give those again. A, we must surrender completely. B, we must identify with Him in suffering and death. Number C, we must follow him obediently wherever he leads. This morning, now here's, here's self-denial. Self-denial, self-denial, and I put something in the plate. Whole lot of us, most of us, most of us do a good job at this. We got a giving church, and I thank God for it. And most, most of us will, if I took them an offering for a special need, most people give. That's self-denial. But denying self. 
Well, I can't get in it. I can't get in it. Come here, Levi. Help me out. Okay? Standing up. Can you stand there? That is denying self. We don't put something in. We get in the offering plate and say, God, I'm all yours. When we deny self, we will give money to missions. And I thank you for the missions. Self, but denying self. When we put ourselves and say, God, I'll surrender my life to the mission field. Self-denial is when I'll put money in the church for the work of it. But denying self is when you put yourself, say, here God, use me to do the work. That is what he's talking about. Boy, that's a price. That's a price. More my prayer is that there'll come a day that God will put his hand on that little boy right there and he'll deny self and be used for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Do you understand? Do you understand? See, it's one thing to say, I've decided. I have de- I know. Here we go. Here we go, Jimmy. Get ready. It's one thing to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. But it's quite another to get in that offering plate and say, Okay, God, here I am. I mean, no expectations. No, 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 not knowing what He's going to do. Not knowing where He's going to send you. Well, I surrendered to preach in 1991. And I'll be honest with you. Somebody said, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. You're going to be a pastor? I don't know. You're going to be an evangelist? I don't know. You're going to be a missionary. God, I hope not. Oh, but I remember the day that when God said, I believe I want you to be a pastor. Jesus said, take up his cross. Now hold it. Stop right here. Time out. Everybody look at me. Look at me. When you get to heaven, we're going to be shocked to no end. Because God's going to say, Where's your cross? Where's your cross? Did you pick it up? Every person in this room has his own cross. Every person has their own cross. Now here's the problem with the cross. We wear a cross around our neck and make it a pretty necklace. But that cross is an emblem of death. That wasn't pretty, nothing pretty about the cross. It's a horrible place. And a a cross was a symbol of death. It was nothing, there was nothing about the cross that was pretty. 
He said, if you want to deny, take up your cross and follow me. One day, Jesus is walking along. And a rich young ruler that had everything that you could imagine. Come on, good master. What must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus said, you know the law. He said, yes, sir, yes, sir. I've kept every one of the commandments. I've done them all. I've kept everything. The Bible says Jesus loved him. He said, yeah, but I like just one thing. Sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow me. See, then he went on to say this. For whosoever, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Now what in the world is he saying? Here's what he's just saying. If you live for self, if you live for self, I mean, you can obtain all of the world you want. Live for self. Guess what? You're going to eventually lose it. You're going to lose it. Me and Eddie had a dear friend we grew up with this week. He died and went to heaven, 63 years of age. Eddie was so encouraging. He was standing back there telling me this morning. He said, you know, we're all going that way pretty fast. <laughs> so I, just, I was thinking to myself, well, speak for yourself. I ain't going too quick, amen. But I may. The truth is, if we live for ourselves, you're going to eventually lose it. But Jesus said, Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the gospel shall, and the, and the same shall save it. He said, If you will lose, you'll give me your life, and, with, and I'll let you live it with a purpose and a meaning attached to it. In 1952, Jim Elliott and four of his buddies had desire to reach the Wadoni tribe. He lived deep in the jungle and had never had contact with people. A Wadoni woman had left the tribe and was taken in by missionaries and she taught them the language. Jim, along with Pete, Ed McCullen, Roger uh, Yoderun, and their pilot, Nate Sane, began to search by a plane, hoping to find a way to, uh, to, to contact them. They found a sandbar in the middle of the Curray River, and, and it worked as a landing strip. And they made their first contact. And it was wonderful. I mean, they were, they were, they were a lady that was able to share with them the gospel. But after the first meeting, uh, one of the, the people that came, uh, one of the young men went back to the tribe and lied to the rest of them. He lied to them. And that lie led to the next time they landed, Ten men came out and speared all five of those men and their blood run down to the river. But his life, here's what he said. He is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. 
Here's what the rest of the story. Because people said, he's a fool for doing that. He wasted his life doing that. His ability and his talent. Boy, the devil's a master at telling you, you're wasting your life living for God, serving God. You ought to go get what your resting neighbors do as much stuff as you can. You're wasting it. But here's what the, the rest of the story. Jim Elliott's wife and his daughter went back into that tribe. They led those people to the Lord including the man that slew all of those that, that instigated the lie, told the lie. And that tribe ended up reaching hundreds for Christ. You know why? Because one man said, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live for others. Then last of all, number three, calculate the value. The value. Of following Jesus. Now I want you to get your calculator out. Okay? Here's what I want you to calculate. For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What would it profit? Take everything Take everything. If it were possible for you to gain the whole world, and few men have tried it, Napoleon tried it, Nimrod tried it, the Antichrist will try it, many have tried it, but failed. But if you could get the whole world, you placed there and said, what would it profit? If you had it. Because understand this. Everything you have. There will come a day. You will leave. All through the Bible this truth is taught. Now we don't get it. We don't, we don't grasp it. Or we just refuse to pay the cost. But here's the reality. A man... I planted his crops. He had bumper crops. He had man so much he didn't know what to do. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll build barns and, and, and I'll build more barns and I'll fill them up. And I'll say, so, so, get in the recliner and take it easy. Jesus said, thou fool, thou fool. Thy soul is going to be required of thee tonight. And then, whose will this stuff be? You know what I've watched? I've watched rich people die. I've watched poor people die. I've watched the in-between, not rich, not poor, die. And I got some news for you. Are you ready? That one died the same way. They want a bit of difference. You'll come to the end. You'll come to the end. And we're trying to save. We're trying to get. 
We're trying to accumulate. We want more of this and more of that. We're trying to get all we can. And all for so many, the price is our own soul. So I ask the question, which world are you living for? For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Book of Ecclesiastes is a commentary on this. Key word in Ecclesiastes is vanity, which means emptiness. Solomon, he had every, he had, he had, had everything you could, he tried everything. You could imagine everything. And come down to the end, he said it's vanity, empty, empty. Then it comes, which side are you living for? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Take out the scales. Put your soul on one side and put all the world on the other. All of it. And it still will not be heavy enough to balance. The soul being far more worth more than anything and everything this world. I believe with all my heart the greatest lie Satan is feeding people today is this. They're living life. It's almost like it's almost like this. I want all I can get in this world, but I want to go to heaven when I die, and I want everything there. Jesus says, "If you do, for what shall it profit a man?" Luke 16, 19, the rich man's a wonderful illustration of that. Then he ends in an unusual way. He, he makes a statement. And it seems to be out of place, but then it's not. Whosoever, therefore... Now I want you to notice something. Three times he says, Whosoever. Therefore shall be ashamed of me in my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. He's saying, if you want to live for this world and you're ashamed of me, you're ashamed of me. So I want you to know when I come to my kingdom, I'm going to be ashamed of you. I don't want him ashamed of me. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to be fearful. And boy, this price of following him, my, what a price. As old him puts ashamed of Jesus, that dear friend, on whom my hopes of heaven depend, ashamed of Jesus, soon or far, should even blush to own a star. Don't understand. Don't misunderstand me. I mean, if you, if you want to follow Jesus, whosoever, you can. You can. But there's a price to pay for it. Now, I can only speak now for myself. I've weighed that price. Best of my ability, I've weighed that price. And the best that I know how, I just want to say, I have decided... 
to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I don't find anything that I'm willing to turn back for. The older I get, the older I get, some of you senior blessed saints, the older I get, I'm closer there than I am in the world. And the older I get, the more I get antsy, the more I get homesick for that place. So I believe I have decided, this will be my last time, Jimmy, you might want to record it. I have decided to follow Jesus. Have you decided? I've tried to be honest in this series. I've tried to be honest tonight. Maybe you don't want to pay that price. Maybe not. The Bible said there's some that love pleasure more than they love God. Didn't say they didn't love God. The Bible said they love pleasure more than they love God. And you know what God does? How much He loves you, He'll let you make that decision. He won't make you love Him. He won't make you. But here tonight, if you've decided to follow Jesus, there's a price to be. What's it going to cost me? What's going to cost you? You. That's what's going to cost you. Plain and simple, you. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, never eye closed.